The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You're talking news, pickups, two-star pitchers, and a little rival fantasy here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are brought to you by Vivid Seats and Rival Fantasy. I'm Clay Link here with Todd Zola, FSWA Hall of Famer. Todd Zola, that is. Great to be back on with you, Todd. I enjoyed a little uh, time away last week and uh, hope you're doing well. What's what's new with you? Yeah, I'm glad you, uh, you well, well-deserved time off, as they say. I'm glad you were able to get away, see some friends. Uh, we, 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 we scuffled by without you. I, I mean, we, <laughs> we, uh, we managed to get through it. No, it was fun. We had, had Brian Enkerin, AKA, uh, Casey Bubba, uh, helping out. It was a good time. Missed you. Missed you on the uh, network. You, um, you missed, I actually got to sit in for you on Saturday on SXM fantasy interviewing, uh, Bob Kendrick from the hall of fame, uh, from the, um, the uh, Negro League Hall of Fame and uh, oh, etc., cool. and that was that was kind of a fanboy moment for me. So um, oh, that's yeah, cool. That you were yeah, able yeah. To do that. Sorry, sorry, you had to miss it that you were away, but I'm glad that I was the one to be able to, uh, you know, not hopefully not embarrass the uh, the station asking him the questions that I did. That seems like a cool thing for you to do. I got to do a little something cool. I did meet up with some friends and or a friend, I should just say. But um, then we drove to Oshkosh, and I got to meet. Pro wrestling legend, uh, the narcissist Lex Luger. Very nice guy. Actually, my paint pen that I brought for him to use to sign something uh, bled all over his finger. And I oh, no. Bad. And like, from the pictures I've seen. Wipe it off. Pictures I've seen, he's like half the man he used to be. Yeah, he's, you know, age is caught up to, to Lex, but he was very nice. And he still oh, got yeah. a beautiful, beautiful signature. And that was just kind of cool. He, uh, Why not? You know why? Why the hell not? Meet a meet a wrestling legend, but yeah, I uh, really appreciate you taking the show last week and talking a little rival again. We'll be talking some rival fantasy, uh, taking over under on tonight's uh, point projections on, on certain guys. Todd, though, big news out of Philadelphia and that Bryce Harper could be back as soon as the first weekend of May, so could be back on Cinco de Mayo that weekend. April or May 5th, rather. 
during draft season, it was a lot of, well, maybe, maybe June, but probably July. Um, does this kind of scare you a little bit with, with him making such a fast return? Or you just kind of trust that Harper will be Harper at the plate, even if he rushes back? I'm not at the plate. I'm not worried. We've talked about this because this kind of fascinates me. Uh, I'm not worried about Harper at the plate. It's it's Harper sliding. That's the concern, diving back to first, sliding into second. And they're, they're Dr. Neil Atrache, they, he's on top of it. And if the doc says you're good to go, then you're going to be good to go. And I, so I am okay with that. Now we can discuss, will he have his timing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You discuss that with anybody of that elk. It certainly didn't hurt Shohei when he came back or the year that he played after TJS that he hit and didn't pitch. He still hit that year. So maybe it's a slow getting started. But yeah, I'm going to trust the docs on this that they're uh, heeding to their word. Yeah, I think it's, and I don't think they would rush him back if there were any like major concerns. So I guess you just do got to trust the Phillies and their staff. And what a windfall that'll be for those who took the the chance on Harper. I mean, getting him back. Two months almost uh, sooner yeah. than expected. It's a question I think that would be chat. the quickest return from such a procedure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, fast. Oh, uh, Tony Womack. Because Tony um, Womack, yeah. I have, a, I, I have a premonition that Eric Halterman's going to mention that on tomorrow's MLB Network radio show. I saw that tweet too. I, <laughs> Matt Geld, maybe from the Athletic. Yeah, uh, exactly. But yeah, this would be the quickest return ever uh, from Tommy John. There's a, so we'll see. There's a question in the chat about this is this going to hurt brand uh, Bra- uh brandon marsh marsh can play center field i i think they're going to find a way to keep marsh's bat in the line uh, uh glove in the lineup if you know tongue in cheek uh-huh. they're talking about harper playing some first base so i don't know that it's going to hurt marsh a ton i know that you know you, you don't want nick castellanos in the outfield and schwarber You'd rather have one of those guys DHing, and if Harper's DHing, you can't do that. But especially like Philly starting out, don't you think they need to keep Marsh in center field? Yeah, I think with a guy who can play center field and has just been so hot like this for a team that's had so many injuries, I wouldn't really worry about his playing time. Yeah, right. Harper just giving play up the middle like that in, in the outfield. And yeah, yeah. You're gonna probably need him. Uh, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon Marsh has done a lot of good things and yeah, I think they will uh, ride him as long as he's hot. This whole Max Scherzer situation is annoying for me. It's I have him in a few leagues and uh, ejected for having rosin on his glove. And now the 10 game suspension, he has dropped his appeal. So he just figured why appeal to major league baseball. It's not going to be an independent arbiter. So, uh, he's just going to do what the Mets are requesting and, and drop that appeal. Does this kind of feel like a guy kind of grasping at straws a little bit? It doesn't feel like Scherzer should have to, but I know there's been some talk about him maybe battling the uh, pitch clock and maybe having some fatigue issues, having to speed things up on the mound. I don't know. Uh, I, I wrote a little bit about this in a Todd's takes that'll be up in a little in a little while. I mean, there's no, you know, we don't need to reiterate everything Scherzer said and Boris said and, and the umpire said, I think if people listen to this podcast, they have a feel for it. I just, my my issue with it 
is it's almost because Phil Cuzzy was saying, because I said so, you know, if he was asked, it's not a court of law. I'll save the dumb joke that I made for the piece of those that want to read it. I may or may not have mentioned Mike Rostrom from the show suits, but um, to me, if, if this were to go to some kind of a official court and they would, they would ask Cuzzy, all right, if it wasn't resin, what was it? I don't know. And if it's, I don't know, then why is he, you know, why is he thrown out and suspended? It was, it's, it's as sticky as it's ever been. Well, that's, that's not a reason. So now you bring in all the stuff you were alluding to the conspiracy theories that Scherzer was, I said, I wasn't going to rehash. So here I am rehashing. Uh, Scherzer voted no against the CBA uh, things of that nature. Is this just you know payback for that? I kind kind of can't believe it. Why do you drop it if you're innocent? Why do you drop it so quickly? Uh, the, the club wanted just to get it over with, etc. He was toying with people with the time clock in preseason exhibition. Mm-hmm. Our friend Ron Chandler was telling stories because he has met season tickets to the exhibition games, and sure as they were like, sometimes he would wait till just a second before. The uh, it expired and he throw. Other times, the second it hit eight seconds and the batter looked at him, he was pitching. It was like he was toying with hitters. So the fact that he's potentially having issues with the clock, I find a little bit weird, if you will. Yeah, I'm with you. I kind of thought that he would almost benefit from the clock, just being able to kind of rush hitters and just kind of bully guys by by rushing things, but it seems like maybe he actually could use some time to bounce back between pitches and that maybe it's actually going the other way for Scherzer specifically. Perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. It's, you know, the effort that you're using in spring training, he was able to do that sort of thing and he wasn't, you know, you're only, you're not pitching far as far in a game. So I think Scherzer will be fine. I'm not happy that, the, that, that, that it's 10 days. It's going you know, missing. You're going to miss a start regardless. And, you know, you can play around it. Uh, he's going to be out for ten days. You know, it, would he would he have gotten hurt and and potentially miss some games anyway? And in the end of the year, you're going to get the same number if he doesn't happen to get hurt. Probably because I think you expected what 26, 27 starts from Scherzer. You're still probably going to get close to that if he doesn't get hurt. You know, yeah, just a annoying situation here because you're sending you're going to have to swap him out next week obviously and then you had the short start this week so you've been sh- essentially got you know two weeks of his season yeah. just wiped out yeah. you got one week where he's in your lineup so it's just right just annoying by the way just within the last half hour we've gotten word that chris bubich of the royals will undergo tommy john surgery that according to ann rogers of mlb.com so that's a huge blow especially for those who well for for boobage especially but for those who shelled out fab that's uh that's a big setback and uh yeah that's we're gonna have to see what the royals do to replace him but you know people were excited about boobage after the the first start or two but he will uh be out for at least a a calendar year probably more like 16 months uh real quick run over the uh go over the fab pickups from the staff league james shelled out 43 out of 100 for mason miller a pretty strong endorsement on the the fireballer. I wouldn't, 
expect to get him if that's going to be the going price this weekend. But uh, James's endorsement carries a lot of weight, and uh, I think a lot of people will will be pretty excited about Mason Miller. That's both a performance and confidence that he'll stay in the rotation bit, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're Absolutely. not in that much if you don't think you're going to get a season's worth of numbers. Brett Beatty picked up for 37. Uh, it seems like they're kind of platooning him and Eduardo Escobar, so that may be, uh, at least for the time being, it seems like there may be a cap on Brett Beatty's playing time. Uh, time I think the time being is the key. Yeah, I know Escobar is like a beloved teammate, but that may be uh, just the move they have to make. You can to be beloved kind of... from utility role. Dia. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, Zachary Neto, strange situation here. Twenty twenty two pick that they're just they're just saying, hey, this is our last year with Otani. Let's throw everything at the wall. And I, I feel like this kid has an uphill battle. He goes for nineteen. Uh, they've thrown him right away to the Wolves in the leadoff spot. I just think, given the lack of experience, it's going to be hard for him to uh, to hit the ground running. Yeah, I saw saw him over the weekend uh, a series in Fenway, and he did not. He didn't look overmatched but he's still the numbers aren't there the start's not there i think they've dropped them down in the order a bit maybe not maybe i'm thinking of somebody else but if they haven't it's coming yeah i just this team is kind of i mean that's just not what you do you, you don't yeah, draft a guy and then and he's just hit, uh expedite him like yeah, he's hit eight and ninth the last uh since since the 18th so since they left fenway since they started playing the Yankees, the Angels, Neto's been eighth and ninth. Thank you for clarifying that. Yes, I was. I know he was up there initially, but yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's no, probably more suitable was. for the kid. Absolutely, was. I would think. Um, I picked up Jake Berger for eight. I know that there's you know some playing time questions, but he's been raking. And look, we have two utils in this league, and I was starting a Nelson Cruz, so he's an up, upgrade there for me. Brad Boxberger for nine, and that was a straight swap with Michael Fulmer. So it seems like uh, Fulmer's pitching his way out of the job and will probably be a drop in a lot of leagues this weekend. Gave up that game walk-off home run. Was it last night or the night before? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, he gave up the grand slam, I think, to Altman yesterday. That's what it was, yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, as I posted on Twitter, I, I'm taking the early L on James Altman. And he's been – out of this world. We'll see. I mean, yeah. he's striking out a ton. Yeah. So but even catch so, you know what? Him, even with the strikeouts, I'm still taking the L. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Taylor Walls was picked up. He's been hot, but, man, that's going to be hard to sustain. Tanner Bybee was picked up for two. I picked up Gavin Williams for a buck as a stash, and Bybee and Williams, I mean, Bybee's a triple-A, Williams is a double-A, but I feel like both could be in that Guardians rotation at some point before too long. And you don't have a rule about having to play them like Tout Wars does. So nope. you get, you just basically, like you said, stash them on reserve. So that's interesting. And my drop for Williams was uh, Scott McGuff. Not really any reason to hold on to him, right? You know what? If he starts to close in July, it was a mistake to hold him until then. You know <laughs> what I mean? I mean, yeah, you pick him back up if he starts. Yeah. Closing. I mean, yeah. It's, it, it, and it's not, I mean, it's, a possible outcome is for McGuff to pitch well in a lower leverage role and, 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 and close at some point, but it's not something you hold on to. Yeah. And shade Langoliers was picked up. The drop there was Francisco Alvarez. So it seems like that kind of 
That ship has already sailed for fantasy, and people are already uh, souring and ready to move on just because of the playing time. I think it depends on your scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're hurting at the the spot, yeah, no. I mean, I think it's completely contextual. I'm with you there. Well, anybody else on your mind for pickups this weekend? I have not. I haven't even done my playing. Usually, I'm going to start to do my playing time run through on Thursday nights. So I'll have an answer for you. I have not done that yet this week. I'm going to do that a little bit later. I was, I was writing up a uh, uh, Todd's takes l- last night, so I didn't get to do this. But Oh, good. It, I put you on the spot a little bit. Yeah, no, it's fine because normally I will have an answer, but now I get to pimp Todd's takes instead. No, I'm not sure yet. Um, I, I, I probably will be thinking about Miller, but I don't know how all in I will be on a player of that elk you know someone who i may think about if i need some speed is duran duran and i know call me a red sox homer he looks like a different player i don't think he's going to play every day but i think he's going to play enough that you can spot him in there if you if you need some speed i think he'll eventually start to run and he is someone that i may be looking at more of a an upgrade to my bench than Someone I'm rushing to put in. I mean, I got Edward Oliveris in a couple places. So, you know, I got I, I think I'm gonna get rid of Kyle Stowers in a couple places. So I, I may be looking for him as an upgrade. The Hart Foundation in the chat mentioned uh, Matt Mervis, and he was picked up in the stake league. So that's definitely a name to keep in mind. He's been hot down at uh, AAA Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a ten dollar ad, so yeah, somebody was pretty excited to grab him. A couple other names just to throw out there, Brian Rocchio. Don't know yeah, how long I don't he's know how much he'll, for Cleveland. Yeah, don't know long he'll be up. Uh, Paven Smith, uh, Colin Ray has been pitching pretty well for the uh, Brewers. Nick Martinez was dropped and then picked up again for two. He had a nice outing this week. Uh, Drew Smiley for two. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz was picked up, but I I have a hard time seeing him play anytime soon. Who's that? Ellie De La Cruz. Okay, yeah, um, just, that's a stretch for me. Yeah, um, Yuri Perez. Might not be with the, the Marlins? Marlins with yeah. with um, Rogers, uh, you know, strain, uh, strained forearm or whatever they're calling it there, which sometimes a precursor to something named after an old left-handed pitcher. But oh. so he is someone that we may see at some point. Yuri Perez. Yeah, he's what twenty years old, but he's a. Uh... Really got electric. Yeah. Miami's stuff, so got Miami has some guys ahead of him, maybe. But yeah, I guess the key. Trevor Rogers hurt now. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. with the strained forearm, so that mm-hmm. that could be the opening. Well, great stuff there. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we have a new sponsor in Rival Fantasy, and we'll take some time now to talk a little Rival Fantasy. We appreciate their sponsorship, and I just saw that they changed their scoring system a little bit. So if you're familiar with the DraftKings scoring system, Rival may be uh, more palatable, just more easily digestible for you at the start, and we'll give some of our picks here. But you have a little bit more experience playing Rival than I do. How are you enjoying your experience on Rival Fantasy so far? Tom? Well, I, I, won the, I won the bet that I talked about last week with, uh, with, with, with Bubba. Um, yeah, the scoring, we had a whole conversation about how the scoring for pitching does not include strikeouts. Therefore, 
we we both agreed that you just kind of look for the guy that's you think is going to get a win, and, and he's going to be over the points. And now it's I still I still personally am more comfortable when you it's an over and that there's several different games on rival and over the course of this, the year, Clay and I will get into some of the other ones. But right now we're playing the fantasy book where you pick two, three, four players yep. and you choose over under a projected number of fantasy points. And as Clay alluded to, it's now basically the DraftKings scoring. Uh, and so I'm curious, to be honest. I put a bet in last night with the old scoring. I'm wondering if it's going to, you know, if, if it'll carry over to today. Um, it, it, it was with Julio Urias and um, I should, I, now I have a mental block over who my other pitcher was, but the I'll, I'll look it up. But the, the 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 points were to me very very lean. You know, it was very a very palatable bet uh, or, or try anyway. But I was as we were talking off air. It's like whenever I do these, and you know, Urias could could blow it in the afternoon, and I could you know I would have nothing to root for in the evening. But the thing is, I could put in two more. I could put in another another try if I wanted to uh, in in the in the evening, and. You know, I don't. It, it, you know, Furious doesn't do it, and I want something to root for uh, for in the in the evening game. So anyway, but uh, yeah, Urias is my is one of the two pitchers, and Aaron Nola, of course. Aaron Nola is my other choice for tonight. Um, I I don't think he's as bad as he's pitched. Colorado at home. One of my rules of thumb. I'm saying of thumb because it's there's always exceptions. When I make when I do things of this nature, over unders or you know props, I prefer players at home. I just do. You get a natural built in advantage. So Aaron Ola's at home. I can uh, Colorado. Urias is actually on the road. So there's a uh, there's an exception already in Wrigley Field this afternoon. It would be a little bit temperate with the winds blowing in. At least that's the report last night. So I thought that Urias was a good choice for uh, for winning the game against the Cubs today. The over-under on Urias' point total on rival is 21.49 fantasy points, and for Nola, it's 21.49 as well. So uh, good choices there, I'd say. These are you know, This is a fun game that they provide. Again, we're doing the fantasy book section of uh, rival and uh, some other over-unders for tonight. Zach Gallon at 20.59 fantasy points. Yep. That against San Diego is kind of tough, but I kind of like the over there, although – my number one pick on the slate for tonight is actually going to be Alec Manoa. Look, I know I'm, maybe I'm just digging my heels in and being stubborn here, but when he has a lower over-under than a guy like Trevor Williams, I mean, come on. we're. I think we need to give Alec Manoa a little bit more benefit of the doubts and you know, give him a little bit of a pass for what he's done so far. I think even though it is against the Yankees, yeah, I think this is a nice opportunity to, to get in on a, at a low, uh, what's the low point projection. What is 14.28. Because 14.28. Well, now now we're at the point, not at that, that point. Uh, the new scoring heavily weighs innings and strikeouts. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been his downfall this year. Is that's true. You know, he's not fanning people and getting knocked out of games. So. If it's the DraftKings scoring, I mean, if you if you would take, I can see taking Manoa as a GPP starter because you're going to get low roster ship, but I don't love that 
as an over-under? Because I think that there's so many pathways to the under that I don't I don't love it in this context where you need to get two or three right. If you get one wrong, you're done. I don't love it in this context. I'm not gonna take, I'm not gonna take him and choose the under either. You know, I just I don't yeah. I don't like I don't feel strongly either way, you know, against the Yankees that that he's going to go, you know, five innings with five K's, which is what you'll need mm-hmm. to get that. Even even at 14 points, uh you're gonna need a little something something. I hear you. I just I think that's too low. I, I still believe in Manoa's talent. The strikeouts and the innings, you're right. Yeah, no, I understand. I, I do too. But when I'm putting two or three names down, he's not one of them. And and this isn't a situation where you need to be cute and, and avoid the roster ship and you know and, and and be different, be contrarian. That's that's DFS. You do not need to be contrarian. You're not you're you're playing against yourself, you know, and you're playing against the the uh the VIG, you're not playing against an opponent. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear what you're saying there. Yep. Um, I just, yeah, with a guy like that, it's hard for me to. All I'm saying is, just don't put your, don't bet the farm. Don't put your car on it. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a couple of shekels is fine. That's gen generally the uh, <laughs> the right way to go. So I'm going to go the over on Manoa, then I'm going to take the under on Mitch. Keller. So Mitch Keller's Ooh. got his over under is seventeen oh six. I mean that's look. I know he's at home against the Reds, but I think the Reds can get to Mitch Keller. I I'm All usually right. a Reds pessimist, but here I'm kind of fading Mitch Keller and what he's done so far. All right, you know what I'm going to do? Mm-hmm. I'm going to put another one in. I'm going to put the over on Keller and the under on Manoa. How's that? So you're doing the opposite of what I, I'm doing. I, I I don't believe in the under on Manoa. But I, I actually had Keller in my initial three over uh, initial. So um, you're just fading my analysis. No, just... I, I, well, yeah, well, no, I'm, <laughs> That's I'm, fine. I'm avoid, usually, no, I'm not, because uh, fading, uh, here I go. Here's Ola being very, well, here we go again. very particular again. Fading means avoiding for a strategic reason and not because you disagree. Um, you fade, you know, you fade a player to get out of the high owner, high roster ship. You fade a team in a survivor pool because a lot of the other people in the pool are choosing that team. Um, you don't fade because you don't like the player. Now, this is very particular. And at this point, fade has become a void. And, you know, I just have to deal with it and understand it and not get all PO'd about it. But from a technical point of view, and there's a lot of words that are like this, that this that's just regress and other words that have just earned other meanings. And at this point, just have to accept it, Zola. So do it. Well, after that aside, I'll just say that uh, <laughs> I was looking for J.D. Davis because I wanted to give a little bonus right. and say okay. uh, you know, him against Joey Lucchese, I would take the over, but he's actually not on the slate as a uh, as an option on the fantasy book. So uh, I will stick with my two picks as the over on Alec Manoa and the under on Mitch Keller. But it sounds like Todd is I you know what, on I'm the other gonna, side of the fence on both. I'm not gonna touch Manoa. Um but I'm I do like Keller. Maybe I'll just use Keller in DFS. Who knows? And your two picks for rival tonight were Julio Urias and uh, Nola, right? 
Yeah, you know what? I am going to do a Keller just because if Urias does have a bad afternoon, I want to have something to root for tonight. So I'll probably go Nola and Keller tonight. I'm hoping for a big night from uh, you know, some of the lefty bats against Keller, like Jake Fraley maybe. Maybe we can get I Fraley still, going. I still – and this isn't all anti-Cincinnati. I still like the, um, the, the, the combo slider-cutter combo. How come we can say sweeper, but we can't say the word for – the combination of the uh, slider and the cutter. Yeah, just uh, sounds a little <laughs> explicit. I may, yeah, I may or may not have written about that in my uh, Todd Stakes. That's good, that'll be up a little bit later. Well, guys, check out Rival, and we're going to be talking <laughs> about it a lot on the Friday show. We'll tell you a little bit more about it right now. A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played. And they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, daily fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code RotoWireMLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. Also, a word from Vivid Seats. Baseball is back. Swing into the MLB season with Vivid Seats and score tickets to all of the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Every crack of the bat, every deep center fly, and every heart-pounding double play from your favorite team, live and in person. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, now you can earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to your reward. Just buy 10 tickets, then simply cash in your credit toward your 11th ticket purchase. It's that easy. And here's a pro reward tip. Buy your tickets for your whole group, split the bill, and make progress toward your free 11th ticket even faster. From behind the plate to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has great tickets for all of the 2023 games that matter to you. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live, vividseats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. All right, Todd, let's get into our two-start pitchers for next week. And at the very top of the list, we have a a big question mark because the Arizona Diamondbacks DFA'd Madison Bumgarner. Right now we have Tommy Henry in, and he is expected to get that nod, but Brandon fought not too off. So I guess in the immediate term, there isn't a lot of uncertainty. It will be. Henry, well, but uh, don't know if he's going to make that second one, I guess. Yeah, and it, you kind of alluded to it. It's because Henry's schedule lines up on mm-hmm. Monday. There, you know, they have an, Arizona has an off day on Thursday. You, whatever they want to do with Brandon Fott in the meantime, they could line it up so that Fott joins the rotation perhaps even this week. So, right. So, I, I mean, because the second game's at Colorado. That, that, that just takes Henry out of the two-start conversation regardless. Yeah, so zero on Henry, and we'll just keep the tabs on Brandon Fodd. I think he had a really good outing yesterday, but, yeah, just 
doesn't line up to take the ball Monday, but if you know if Henry stumbles, they could maybe shuffle some things around and yeah, easily get fought in there. Yep. So Henry zero. Then uh, for Atlanta, Spencer Strider. That's an easy five. I mean, he's been. Yep. Is he struck out like nine in a row dating back to, or at least nine in each outing dating back to last year? Some crazy. It uh, is crazy, isn't it? Stat. It is. Yeah, crazy. he's awesome. Yeah. 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 Um. So Spencer Strider is a five. And then what about Charlie Morton versus Miami at the Mets? Same two-step as Strider. Mm, you know, my first thought was four, but with these matchups, Charlie Morton might be back to five. I think he – yeah, I, I like the four. I'm starting him. We talked about him on the serious show that we just did. James asked me about Morton. Two of the, pe- the past two seasons, he started slow and picked it up. Doesn't mean he'll do it. Again, he's 39, but, um, yeah, especially gained a little confidence with Miami. Then at the Mets, a place he's pitched a lot, he's used to the park. I'm going to give him a four, but it wouldn't shock me if he has a couple of good games. Yeah, I'm going to go four, too, but that's a pretty high-end four. That's a pretty nice one. Okay. Uh, for Baltimore, Dean Kramer, he struggled. I saw he was picked up in one league, but I couldn't do it. Uh, I'm actually going to go zero on Kramer. And then Kyle Bradish had a nice return from the IL. He was hit in his debut, I think for a comebacker off the foot, had a foot contusion, but he came back and threw 92 pitches in his return, uh, six strikeouts, only one walk. So a nice little return there for Bradish after the injury versus Boston at Detroit. I'm not going to roll the chance or roll the dice on Kramer, but I think Bradish is like a, Mid mid ground three. I actually happened to watch Kramer last outing, and this may have been may have been while you were cavorting with your buddies. Six innings, six and two thirds innings, six strikeouts, no walks against the Nationals. Now it's the Nationals, but it still mm-hmm. counts. So I think, and he was throwing BBs. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Kramer a one. I don't love the at Boston start. But I am going to give him a one. It's going to be on a draft championship team where I'm hurting for pitching. I'm not picking him up. Uh, but Bradish, well, it's actually home. It's not at Boston. It's home. Bradish, oh, man. What, I'm gonna. I forget what you. I'm gonna go three. What did you? Where were you with Bradish? Yep, I went three too. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go three. And he's one of those guys that just get to get out of my thick head that he's better than he was when he first came up. And Chris Sale had a nice little bounce back effort. Finally, three rough starts to begin the year, but then 11 K's and the K's were there all along. And, you know, if you drafted as much Chris Sale as I did, you you needed a little glimmer of hope there. And he provided it at Baltimore versus Cleveland. If it doesn't work out here, then I'll start to get real, real nervous. Um, I think I'm going to go four. I'm going to go that's wish casting. A little bit. I'm going to go four. And I actually, I don't know if it's wish casting. I think if you had said five, I would, I would have said, you know, he needs to earn a five. Yeah. Not a five. A four. So I think, I think, I think four is about right. Cleveland's tough, right? I mean, we know they don't strike out and they grind so they could get, they, they're the kind of team that can get to a Chris sale, putting the ball in play. But even so I'm going to go with a four. How about the start for Justin Steele? Three and zero, one point four four ERA. Do you have Steele on in your life, Ton? 
I know I have him in underdog. I don't recall how much if I, how much I have him elsewhere, but you know I drafted a lot of underdogs, so that's a, a major part of my uh, portfolio this year. And I've lost some players in underdog, so I need all the help I can get. So I um you know San Diego's tough. They got some new new kid back in right field, who almost collided with Hassan Kim yesterday. A very ugly collision, near collision, Tatis and, and Kim. Hopefully they, they iron that out going forward as far as short pop-ups and stuff. Tatis ran a long way. And, I mean, Kim was calling, but, you know, the outfielder has precedent, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they, you know, they avoided the collision, but, man, I hope they iron that out. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's uh, something that we've all know has been coming. But, yeah, getting a little guy by the name of Fernando Tatis Jr. is a uh, just uh, no small footnote for that Padres. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go. It's an at, it's at Chicago. I mean, it's probably a three, but I think you could go four if you wanted to because it's at home, and it's still a little bit temperate in in Chicago. I hear you. I'm going to go three two. I, that, it does feel like that San Diego could be a you know regression day at the park for Steel, but. Still think if you've got him and you've capitalized so far, I mean, do you really have a better option than stealing? Two? Oh, he's using Probably him, but yeah. Using it, yeah. What are we expecting for results? Uh, I'm gonna go four. I mean, it's a low four, but I'm gonna. I'm just maybe it'll be a little different. I'll go four. Nick Lodolo took a little bit of a step back in his most recent outing, and actually his ERA as a result ballooned close to five. But yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's looked great for the vast majority of the season versus Texas at Oakland. You don't love the home start, but that's a really nice two step for Lodolo. You know, he's not quite five status, but he's a rock solid four for me. I'll agree. And he he doesn't have two starts, but I assume you, you're not like sprinting to the waiver wire to pick up Luke Weaver. Uh, no, (laughs) he uh, did not look too good. To be fair, he looked good in his first outing. Not so much in the second one. Um, I thought he looked in his last outing. Maybe I missed. Maybe I missed. Maybe it one. was. Oh yeah, it was six innings. He just struggled at the very start. Okay, maybe that's gave up a couple of homers, but he did fan eight over six innings. Yeah, not okay. a totally, not a total disaster for Weaver, and not a guy I'm going to be rushing out to pick up though by any means. Um, by the way, I'm hoping the Reds are able to get Ladola wrapped up. To a long-term deal like they were able to do with uh, Hunter Green. Yeah, that would be nice. For Cleveland, Cal Quantrill. This is all very tentative, of course, but uh, Cal Quantrill at home against Colorado, then at Boston. Ah, just not enough bat-missing ability for me to feel yeah. really good. But yeah. maybe a two? Is that, uh, is that yeah. high? feels high off the top. You, know, you, can, you can make an argument that it's low um, because he, he, he gets by without the bat-missing. But as we like to say, you do that until you don't. So, you know, mm. um, at Boston, I don't love. Colorado, I don't, you know, is nice. Yeah, you know what? You know, I, you know, even if it's just Colorado, I'm not sure I'm starting him. So I say you start him and hope you don't get the second. But I'm going to go with two as well. I just uh, – I have, I have a little bit of trust because it's Cleveland. But money where my mouth is mm, – not so much. 
We've got Connor Pilkington and Peyton Battenfield in the projected starters for them next week. Come on, let's get BB and or not BB, a Bybee apparently it's pronounced. Let's get Bybee and Kevin Williams in there. Come on, Cleveland. Stop messing around. Now, if we could go into negatives here, I think I'd give Austin Gomber a negative. That Nolan Arenado trade's just looking worse and worse with each passing week. And uh, Gomber's 0 4 with a 12 12 ERA. I don't see any situation where you'd consider throwing him out there. No, actually, I was looking up Cody Morris to see where he is in the situation with Cleveland. He's, yeah, still, he's, hurt. he's still hurt. That's right. Yeah, but he's still, he'll be in the equation a little bit later. Yeah, I'm, Gomber for a while was actually pitching well last year. I know he was Gombered, but after he was Gombered, he pitched really well. Yeah, not so much this year. I'm with you. I'm, you know, zeros as low as we're legally allowed to go. So that's where I'm at. Tough two-step for the White Sox pitchers. Not only do they have to go at Toronto, then they have to host the Ooh. Tampa Bay Rays. So for Giolito and Mike Clevenger, pretty tough. Um, huh. I know Clevenger's been better in terms of run prevention so far. I still think I'll have Giolito as a little higher. I think I'll go Giolito for Clevenger three. Uh, no, Giolito three, Clevenger two. That's where I'm at. The opponents are just a uh, rough yeah, there. Yeah. I'm at a three and a two. Opponents are really rough there. What about for Detroit? Eduardo Rodriguez, Spencer Turnbull at Milwaukee versus Baltimore. Not the worst two-step I've ever seen, but uh, Turnbull, I, I need to see more post-Tommy John before I ch- trust him. So he's a zero. But Erod, I think maybe like – I think I'd put him on the Clevenger tier as like a two. I'm going to go two and a one. And I, I agree that we do need to see more out of Turnbull. But I think we've seen enough – that it's worthy of a one. I just, I think we're, if he's kind of like a three max, we're not there yet, but I think we've seen enough that we give him a non-zero number. All right. Well, let's pause briefly. We'll get back to these two-star pitchers for next week after this brief word from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back on the show. Clay Lincoln, Todd Zola here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Grading all of next week's two-star pitchers on a zero to five scale. 
Here's a guy who's been a little frustrating for me. He's been a little up and down. Jose Urquidy. He gets at Tampa Bay, then at home against Philadelphia. I'm starting him, but again, it's kind of been a little disappointing so far. I'm going to go four, but I think maybe if I were being more objective about it, it might be closer to a three and maybe a little wish, wish casting with the four. Maybe a little. I'm going to go three, uh, but it, it, it I kind of – it's it's more about I don't think he gets crushed in either game, but I don't know he throws quality starts either, so that's kind of three ish. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about for the Royals about how they lost Bubich, but Brad Keller's been pitching okay, and Brady <laughs> Singer not so much. But would you trust Brad Keller at Arizona at Minnesota? I was going to say I'm I'm kind of on the Keller bandwagon, and I'm like a little disappointed. So the fact that he's actually pitching okay, I should probably be kind of happy about it at this point. Or maybe, you know, it's just the eight, you know, 18 strikeouts, 13 walks. Don't love that. But only one home run is keeping the damage down. So I am starting Keller. I think the control gets more into play. Now, Singer, I'm disappointed. There's always one pitcher every year that I'm, like, really high on. And he's in all my lineups. And I probably should have played the wait and see game before I trusted him as much as I do. This year, right now, at least it's Singer. I'm still hoping he can come down. And he's a, he's a guy I'm not benching until he pitches well because I don't want to miss when he does pitch well. And I think it could be this week at Arizona and at Minnesota. So, so how I, do you uh, number wise? Number wise, I'm gonna go a four, but I think. Whereas you maybe wish cast with Arkady, I'm probably wish casting with Singer. Wait, you're going four on Singer? Yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was, I had him, I had him going to the end of the season in that range. So I'm not, wow. I'm not backing off. Maybe I should bring it to a three, but that's 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 my confidence level that he will figure it out. Well, for just next week only, I'm a little bit more confident in, in Keller. So I got Keller as a two and Singer as a one, but you got Singer as a four. And what about Keller? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go three. Okay. A little different. Yeah, uh, differing I, opinions on the rules. I, mean, I was higher on Singer. I was high on Singer. Add in the whole narrative about pitching coach coming from Cleveland. You know, again, maybe I'm over overdid that element of it we'll find out but uh yeah no that's interesting um so actually actually singer comes up on tuesday night which is our tout our tout daily night maybe i'll have to put my money where my mouth is and use them in tout daily for the angels jose suarez you like the first half of the two-step versus oakland but the guy's got a nine two six era i can't i wouldn't even have him on a waterfall actually so this is a zero on jose suarez Milwaukee's a little over their heads, but I agree. By the way, for the Dodgers, they placed Michael Grove on the injured list today. Could see Gavin Stone next week. We'll have to wait and see, but either way, it wouldn't be him lining up for two. It would be Noah Syndergaard at Pittsburgh versus St. Louis. The guy's 0-3, but, man, this if there's ever a spot to get back on track, you think it'd be here. Uh, road against Pitt, home against St. Louis. I think I can only give Syndergaard like a. Uh, I feel like two sounds high, but I'll go two. 
uh, hoping that he gets on track here. I forget who he was matched up with last time. It was a, it was a it was an interesting matchup. Um, but I he was actually out pitching whoever it was, and it'll come to me. Uh, it was against the Mets. Was that the Scherzer? Was that the? Was that the Scherzer? Maybe yeah. That may have been the Scherzer game that he ate the nineteenth. Yeah, that's I think that's the day that Scherzer got tossed. Uh, you know what? Syndergaard's got two straight six inning performances. First game, first was was six innings. Three quality starts. Arizona got to him. I am going to reluctantly say three. Mm. Um, I think he might be figuring out how to pitch and not just be Thor. Yeah, that's taking an adjustment period for him. And, and, but, I mean, uh, maybe he can make it work. I mean, you know, Pittsburgh, we kind of, I don't say we joked. I mean, we alluded to how hard they're starting. They will come back. But it, it may not be as much of a pushover as maybe we think. Yeah, St. Louis's lineup isn't bad. It's it's at home, so I, I I'm going to stick with the three. For Miami, we have Brian Hoying in there to replace a Trevor Rogers. We'll have to wait and see if that's the case. But he would get two. I, I would go zero on Hoying. But uh, Edward Cabrera at Atlanta versus the Cubs. Oh, man, the guy's just so volatile with that control he has. So I think I'll go two on Cabrera, zero on Hoying. He's another guy I really like, but at this time I was smart enough to just stash Cabrera and not blow up my ratios until he <laughs> proves it. Is this the week I put him in? Atlanta's so tough. Um, I'm probably going to go one on Cabrera. I'm not there yet. And we Hoying is just a... It's just a guess. Again, with Rodgers, there's a a few different directions Miami can go. The guy picked up in the stake league, uh, Colin Ray for the Milwaukee Brewers, R-E-A, the last name I'm spelling there. He'd be versus Detroit versus the Angels. I'll tell you this right now. I'm going to have him on a couple waterfalls just because I like the two-step, and he's been pitching pretty well. Yeah. Maybe kind of fluky, but – I think I'll go two here. I think I'd rather I'd have him like in that Cindergard Cabrera mix. Yep, no, I agree. And my bid is going to be, and I think you kind of said by alluding to it in the waterfall. I hope I get I mean it's one of those Fred Zinke that he talks about with uh with Jeff. Keep him honest bids where you don't want a guy to get him for one, but you don't want to bid enough that if someone wants him like the whole you know, you don't want to bid triple digits. That's a whole season bid. You know, if I bid 17 and get him for this two-start, I'm happy. That sort of thing. Absolutely. Uh, for Minnesota, Joe Ryan, I think he's gotten into the five territory. He's undefeated so far. He does have to face the Yankees at home, but then Kansas City at home. So Joe Ryan, I believe, is my second five of the week behind Spencer Strider. Yep, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be with you there. And Maeda, is that – Question mark? Wasn't he hitting the foot um, yesterday? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so yeah. he's been. He's had what fatigue issues, and now this comebacker. Yeah, uh, it's been a rough start. X-rays were clean on the ankle. Right, and he and he threw the guy. Threw, uh, who was it? He threw him out. Hundred mile an hour off the ankle, threw him out, and it was the Red Sox game. Um, I, therefore, I should I should remember who uh, who hit the ball. But uh, yeah, they was taken out, and then. Emilio Pagan, uh, take one for the team, buddy. You know, came in and gave up the six runs just because he had to give him a little bit of length. The Twins yesterday, 
But yeah, Maeda right now is is questionable to start that game. God, Emilio Paganas has fallen off so hard. I remember yeah, he was, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. a decent closer for a year or two, but he just yeah cannot keep the ball in the park to save his life. Uh, Kodai Sanga, I've been pretty impressed with what he's done so far. Not quite a five, especially because he has to face Atlanta at home in the second half of the two-step. But you love the home matchup against Washington, so Sanga's uh, kind of bordering on five, and he's he's a four for me this week. Yeah, there, you know, you go to Twitter, you see the pitching ninja, that ghost changeup, they're showing the, 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 the gifs of it. Yeah, the ghost uh, forkball. The ghost forkball. Um, is he a five yet? Uh, I'm gonna go four. By the way, what was your grade on Maeda? Because I didn't write that oh. down. Um, um, I'm gonna go two, but people should you know keep you know check to see that he makes a start. All right, I'm gonna go one just because I have him, and I, I'm probably gonna either drop him or. Yeah, no, it makes. Look, I mean, look to elsewhere. me, it's the at the at the KC start that's, or, or home against KC that's that's enticing. Now, Nestor Cortez, after you know being slow played a bit in the spring, has been great. He hasn't really missed a beat. Three oh nine ERA, three and zero record at Minnesota at Texas. I think Cortez is going to be a five for me. Uh, Johnny Brito, quite a bit lower though, brought back down to earth. So I'm going to go Brito like a one. I think I'll go to five on Cortez. Yeah, he kind of battled through his, his start yesterday, Cortez. You know, he threw the six and six plus maybe, but you know, it was it was a little bit of a battle, but you like to see that out of your guys when they don't maybe have their sharpest stuff. Uh one, and I'm I don't know that I'm five on Cortez. I'm gonna go four. Two two away games, I'm gonna go four. Okay, I got you down as a four, and we will recap these grades here shortly once we get through the end of the list. Uh, Ken Waldachuk, he of a seven six five ERA against the Angels on the road, then at home against the Reds. I just I can't do it. It's going to be a zero. Yeah, I mean, the dynasty stash, but I ain't touching him until he shows that he can keep the ball anywhere near the plate. Yeah, he's got to show something here. Now, here's a no, this one I was going to say kind of tricky, <laughs> but it's not really tricky. Bailey Falter's got to be a zero, right? Because he's going to Houston at the back half of that two-step. Yeah. But, I mean, the reason you kind of started a bit is because he's actually pitching pretty well. Uh, okay, yeah. He's well, 0-3, better, but he's okay. Yeah, it's it was worth thinking about. It's a matchup play, and these just aren't the matchups. You know what, though? I am going to I'm going to go one. I'm going to go – I'm going to go one. With Falter. Yeah, I am going to give him a one. Again, it's more of a draft champions. I have him on my roster anyway. I'll start him uh, call than it is pick him up. Yoan Oviedo of the Pirates had kind of a statement outing this week. Goes into Coors Field, goes six innings, strikes out six, only one earned run allowed, three hits. So that's – I don't think many people turned him loose in Coors, but this is one where – I think going forward, you feel a little bit more confident about him. Now, he does have to face the Dodgers at home, but at Washington. Um, a little scared of some give back after the, you know, a little bit of a hangover after the course start, but hmm. I think I'll go two on Oviedo. Yeah, I think the course start 
brought you back to wherever you were coming into the season, but some people is pretty high. Some people was proven to me kind of wipes out the at the, the uh, initial start of the year where Boston hit him pretty good. Uh, three homers. He hasn't given up a homer since. Uh, am I at the point yet where I'm willing to forgive six and two thirds, seven and six. Yeah. I'm willing to forgive. I'm with you on the two. Nice. And then two off days next week for the Padres. So they don't have any two star pitchers for next week. Seattle's got Logan Gilbert lined up for two at Philadelphia at Toronto. Some really tough parks to pitch in and some no easy offenses to navigate, although Philly is dealing with injuries. Um, this is a, this is a tough one. I think I'm going to go four because I just don't really see how I could bench Logan Gilbert. Not a five though. Um, I've to me, he's a five pitcher. Does this warrant dropping him down to a four? I don't think so. Seven, six, seven, eight strikeouts, only four walks. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with a, it. Maybe a low end five, but I'm going to stick with a five. I gotcha. Then Alex Cobb pitching pretty well for the Giants. He'd be versus St. Louis at San Diego. Hmm. Not a five, but I like the parks. I think I want to skew on the low end to go three, but I mean, Cobb is a four pitcher. I am also going to go three. Although, man, I mean, no, I'm going to go three. I don't know that he's going deep enough into games yet to count on the, the innings and strikeouts and most scoring. So, you know, he had a seven inning outing in Kansas City, but in three and two thirds, three and two thirds, and then five in his latest one. So that scares me a little bit. So I'm going to I'm gonna keep it a little bit lower. Jordan Montgomery gets the Giants in San Francisco, then the Dodgers in L.A. So a little West Coast road trip for the Cardinals coming up this week. And Montgomery is tough. I, I like the San Francisco start. And I think he's better than he's shown so far, but I think I'm only going to give him a two. He's a notch below Cobb, so yeah, I'll go two. I'm going to go. I'm going to go higher. I'm just deciding how much higher. 25 hits and 22 and a third. Um, I think he's getting a little bit of batted ball, bad luck. Only one homer allowed. Uh, yeah, right. It's not quite a four. I'm going to go three. On Montgomery, you're going f- three. three. I'm going three. I can't give him a four yet. Uh, the matchups are too good to not give him. Yeah, but I mean, the, the away and – the Dodgers and the Giants are both somewhat dangerous. Dodgers even more so, so I can't go four. I'm going to go three. Taj Bradley will face a tough test here start next week. Home against Houston. Same for Drew Rasmussen. Then to end the week there at the White Sox. So versus Houston at the White Sox. For Drew Rasmussen, he's actually like gotten into the five territory for me. He's with his stuff, he just looks like he's turned the corner. And I actually have him as my ace, de facto ace in the main event. I'm actually okay with it. Uh, obviously, I wish I'd had have more starting pitching, but uh, I actually think Rasmussen could be like a fantasy ace the rest of the way. So I'm going to go five. Taj Bradley, I need to see a little more. The matchup scares me, but he's a three. He's a guy that I think you're starting. I think Rasmussen will get to that ace level 
last two starts, four and a third and five. Given was at Toronto and at Cincinnati. Um, Looked great against the Reds, though. I, mean. the, I think the pitch count was at 78. Maybe he could have gone another inning. I don't know. Uh, and they're just being a little safe. But I'm going to go four and two. I'm not quite five with Rasmussen. I probably should be. I wish I'd seen more than nine combined, nine and a third over the past two games. That's a fair I want, point. They I want my really number five. Yeah, yeah. I want number five to have a confident, I'm somewhat confident he'll go six. And I'm That's just, fair. That's I'm just fair. not. What about for Texas? Nathan Evaldi and Martin Perez at Cincinnati versus New York. You know, if it were home against Cincinnati, it'd be a little different for me. But uh, all has got an ERA north of five. I could see it in a certain situation, but I think Evaldi's a one for me. And then for uh, Martin Perez, I think you're playing with fire here, but I think he's probably a one as well. But Evaldi, when he was with the Red Sox, always crushed the Yankees, Clay. Don't you know that? Aren't you aware? Oh, so he owns the Yankees, huh? <laughs> yeah, he owned. They're his daddy. He's the Yankees' daddy. I still think he's a little bit better. I'm going to go two for both. Okay. Um, you know, Perez could be a minus two, but he also could be a five. That's just what he is. Yeah. You know, so. he's uh, so volatile. Maybe the most volatile starting pitcher in the game, just given the, all the contact. But as long as he's keeping it in the yard again, and if he keeps it in the yard, he'll minimize damage. And even. I think he is. Any, I probably should double check before I uh, foot in mouth disease here. Uh, four homers in. Maybe he's not keeping it in the yard. Never mind. Only eleven homers all of last year and one hundred ninety six in the third. Yeah, days. yeah, those are starting to tick up. Yeah, yeah. So you got well, you got two for both of those guys. Yeah, and now it's a reluctant to win Perez, but I'm going to stick with it. Chris Bassett seems to maybe be getting on track. He's versus the White Sox versus Seattle. Hmm. I'm tempted to go four here. I just feel like he's better than he's shown so far. Yeah, I'll the, go four. I'll go four. Yeah, I think the. I don't want to call it lazy, but I think the conventional analysis is he's going to get hurt. Who's going to get hurt pitching in Toronto, etc. I don't know. Three of his four games have been on the road. The last was in Houston for six and a third. Uh, previous that was the Angels. And he walked five. Um, I'm going to go four as well, and I think we'll see. I'm not worried about pitching in Toronto. Well, the last one on the list, and, man, we have a lot to recap at the end of this. Uh, Josiah Gray. He's got a 3-7-4 ERA, respectable for sure, Ooh. but 0-4 record at the Mets versus Pitt. I'll give him a one. I I'm gonna be, so much going against him. I'm gonna give him a tiny vote of confidence and say two, because I think Pitt isn't as good as they've shown. And man, he again he could throw he could throw two gems or he can get knocked out of the second inning. You can say that about everybody, but you can really say it about Josiah Gray. I'm gonna stick with a two. Eh. Yeah, I said it. Let's do it. All right. Well, great stuff today. We will recap all of these uh, grades here right now. Yeah, so, quick before I change my mind. 
Tommy Henry. We'll see if, well, they are saying it's him. So Tommy Henry filling in for Bumgarner. Uh, I'm going to go zero and same with Todd on Tommy Henry. Then Spencer Strider, five. Charlie Morton, four. Dean Kramer, I say zero. Todd, one. Kyle Bradish, three. Chris Sale, four. Justin Steele, I say three. Todd, four. Nick Lodolo, four. Go Reds. Cal Quantrill, two. Austin Gomber, zero. Lucas Giolito, three. Mike Clevenger, two. Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez, two. Spencer Turnbull, I say zero. Todd, one. Jose Urquidy, I'm wish casting a four. Todd, three. Brad Keller, I say two. Todd, three. Brady Singer, I say one. Todd, four. Jose Suarez, zero. Noah Syndergaard, I say two. Todd, three. Edward Cabrera, I say two. Todd, one. Brian Hoying, zero. Colin Ray, two. Joe Ryan, five. Kenta Maeda, I say one. Todd, two. Cody Sanga, I say, well, we both say four. Nestor Cortez, I say five. Todd, four. Johnny Brito, one. Ken Waldachuk, zero. Bailey Falter, I say zero. Todd, one. Johan Oviedo, two. Logan Gilbert, I say four. Todd, five. Alex Cobb, three. Jordan Montgomery, I say two, Todd, three. Drew Rasmussen, I say five, Todd, four. Taj Bradley, I say three, Todd, two. Nathan Ivaldi, I say one, Todd, two. Martin Perez, I say one, Todd, two. Chris Bassett, four. Josiah Gray, I say one, Todd, two. Busy week for two-star pitchers. Sounds like um, people will have to check your weekly pitcher rankings closer to First pitch on Monday uh, to really get their pitching slots set. Yeah, we'll post it tomorrow as usual, and then we'll see how it shakes out over the weekend. I don't. I didn't hear a lot of stars, but I don't know how many. You know, this is the Jeff Zimmerman's thing. I don't know how many are going to be picked up in a fifteen teamer either. I think, I think you're streaming from your reserves now, and we'll see. Hope you have them. Yeah, a lot of guys getting torched, so hopefully you have some decent pitchers on your bench. You don't have to go digging at the very bottom of the barrel. Well, great stuff, Todd. It was a fun talking a little rival fantasy with you, too. We're going to be doing that uh, every Friday and uh, be playing a little bit, too. So anything else on your mind today, Todd? I think with the rival, I think there's a head-to-head. Maybe we'll have to – I think that's why they call it rival. We may have to – once they're both in a little more comfortable with it, we may have to match up on a on a Friday. We'll let this see how that. Yeah, we might have to get out. a new like Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant type of ride. Oh yeah, there, there we go. Um, Real ride, Lex Luger, Yokozuna. Anyway, um, oh, that was a good one. <laughs> see, I remember the old days. Anyway, no, no, you know, just everybody enjoy the ball. Uh, hopefully, no one gets caught for sticky stuff, and we'll uh, we'll check you out next week. <laughs> Yeah, don't get caught with sticky stuff on you know, 420 weekend. That could be a dangerous. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We are sponsored by Rival Fantasy and Vivid Seats. We appreciate their sponsorship, and we appreciate you joining us. Hope you'll do it next week on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast.